This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Live from Southern California, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for a new episode of Kings of the Podcast. Buckle up, here we go! Welcome back. Episode 8, Kings of the Podcast. Of course, Dennis Bernstein alongside DB. How you doing? Doing great, Jay. And Let's do uh, this, man. Episode 8. Episode 8. We have a lot to get to today. Uh, let me just hit you with a couple things. We're going to talk road trip stories as the Kings head out on the road. We're also going to do Ju- uh, Jersey numerology. That was a big thing from a couple episodes ago. People love that, so we're going to get into that. The results from all the polls... Polapalooza, as yeah, you as you, you like suggested, that, that was a good one. That me. was a good one. Um, the LA Kings uh, prospects. We'll talk about that. We'll hit the headlines. We'll do some random ramblings. But first things first, we have to talk about our special guest uh, this time around. Two-time Stanley Cup champion, the only man to ho- hoist a cup with the LA Kings and the Anaheim Ducks. Of course, we're talking about Dustin Penner, Pens. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm just looking for work anywhere. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> That's great. Well, we picked you up off the side of the freeway with your sign, so uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Happy to have you here. Um, you've brought plenty of gifts for us, which we're going to get into. We'll talk about that uh, as the show progresses. You're, you're a busy man, as always, so that's good. But uh, first thing, we want to talk about the Kings road trip. The Kings yeah. are getting ready to go out on the road right now. They're going to make four stops. Uh, DB, before we talk about those four cities, you recently came back from New Jersey. They treated you pretty well. Tell us, uh, give the listeners a quick update on the Devils. Yeah, so we did the um, uh, our uh, hot stove show, Shears XM from, um, from New Jersey. They treated us royally, to be honest with you, John. They gave us... Uh, uh, Reynolds, who is the uh, uh, the president of the team, uh, they give us Hugh Weber, who's running both the Sixers and the um, uh, and the uh, Devils. So look, they had to get off the Schneid, and they did with a win over the Rangers Thursday night. They backed it up uh, with a one nothing, less than thrilling win against Vancouver. But Jack Hughes' first goal of the season, so things are looking up there. Uh, just a really progressive organization. They gave us full access, gave us VIP seats. We were in the suites. It was it was fantastic. So it was a really good treatment. Um, the Devils, look, the expectations are very high in New Jersey. Um, they needed a couple of wins. They got them. We thought we were good luck. So we may replicate this this road trip situation with respect to taking hot stove on the road uh, at different cities throughout the uh, league as the season goes on. Well, that would be great. And, of course, people can listen to it on SiriusXM, and they can hear it on the app. And you guys uh, post it out there as well. So the, the yep. podcast version of uh, hot stove is available. But, Pens, when we talk about New Jersey – you have some special memories, I would imagine, uh, playing there in, in New Jersey as a member of the LA Kings. Yeah, I do. So I was actually watching some of the uh, wrap-up videos on YouTube the other day. My parents are in town, so it's pr- pretty much the only people that will watch them with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some really good memories. Yeah. Is there anything in particular that, I mean, all these years later that sort of stands out from that run in 2012, or was it all a blur? Well, I forgot how, how 
good our road record was. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And then it's kind of bittersweet knowing that we had the uh, playoff record if we just would have closed them out. Yeah. Been 16 and 2 or 16 and 3. I think that would have sealed it, right? But 16 and 4 was a tie, if I remember correctly. Okay. With the Edmonton Oilers. Yep. You, you still do hockey? Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's, you haven't lost a step, Pans. No, I can tell has, you that for he's sure. He's not lost his fastball. You right. know what's funny? You you probably don't remember this, but I, I specifically remember being at Morning Skate, being in the locker room, talking to you before game four, and just getting the sense from you that. It was not going to happen in Game Four. Like, like I remember being in San Jose for Game Seven, and you could tell after being down uh, 3 you know, the Kings were going to come back. But that that New Jersey series, you guys had just been rolling. But in that Game Four, you could just tell that it was just it was not going to happen. The series was going to go back to New Jersey. It did, and then you guys came back in Game Six. You were totally different that morning, and and it was obvious you guys were going to close it out in Game Six. Yeah, it's. I think that's uh, when the whirlwind of the previous three series in the first two games in New Jersey all culminated to that closeout game. That's probably the toughest game mm-hmm. to win in any situation where to sweep a Stanley Cup opponent at home. And I think, you know, we had to hit a couple posts in the first period. And, you know, I think we needed that wake-up call, as uh, brief as it was, but we did not want to go back to New Jersey for games. No. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's New Jersey. Now let's talk about the Kings and this road trip that they have coming up. Uh, yeah. The first stop, coincidentally, Pens, is going to be in Winnipeg. Now, real quickly, uh, obviously, you're from Winnipeg. You're going to have some stories. I'll tell you my Winnipeg story. DB, I don't think you've been to Winnipeg yet, right? Not yet. I've been on the air a lot there. Okay. They keep wanting me to go <laughs> yeah. there. I couldn't do the um, uh, the Heritage Classic because they're going to be in Detroit for a wedding this weekend, but I promise them. Was on Kevin Olszewski and the Don Vito Roundtable. You're on with them as well. Yeah, I love him. The show. Uh, but at some point, I'll try to get there. So my favorite Winnipeg story, Pens, is 1996. It was Gretzky's last game. I remember in the Jets were going to be leaving that year as well. It's one of the reasons that I wanted to go to that building before they, the original Jets before they left. And there were a couple memories for me. Is First of all, I never remember being so cold in my entire life. People outside the arena eating ice cream um, and smoking. That was like the thing to do. Everybody was outside in the parking lot eating ice cream and smoking before the game. Pastime. <laughs> it must be. And then I'll never forget this. You know, in, in between periods, they sell off the players' memorabilia. You can win signed stuff or whatever. And they had an autographed pair of Keith Kachuk's pants. And I remember the winning bid was $75. How do you get a pair of NHL players' <laughs> pants for $75? Of course, that was Gretzky's final game in Winnipeg, our final game with the Kings. Everybody flew home, and then back at LAX, he was traded. So uh, that, that's sort of my memory. But, uh, Pens, I'm sure you have many, many memories growing up in Winnipeg. Was it hard to play uh, in Winnipeg at all? Um, well, I never got to play in the old arena, but... I enjoyed it. The only downside was getting, you know, 50, 75 tickets for family members I didn't know were ever at a gathering before I made it to the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my first memories of that arena, not the one that's there currently, but I remember going with my dad to watch Mario Lemieux play. He was my favorite, favorite player growing up. Oh, really? Okay. And if I, um, I'm going to get to some of your your stories when you were a youngster as we as we move through, especially on the Jersey side. Um, they're going to make a stop in St. Louis. Uh, I recently was in St. Louis a couple of years back. My memory there is that uh, Greg Hudson from Bad Religion. We talked yes. about him on a previous show. Greg loves to hook me up with friends of his when I go to cities that I've never been to before. And Greg told me, "Oh, go meet this guy, blah blah blah." And he owns this really cool bar. So I go and I meet him, and it's a pinball bar. The, the guy has like. 
I don't know, 50 or 80 vintage pinball machines really? and wow. connected to this bar. And so that's all everybody does is play pinball. And After Alley, I think. Huh? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I don't play pinball, but it was a lot of fun. The best part, though, was he he has this uh, beef jerky called Circle Jerky, uh, which is basically a takeoff <laughs> on the Circle Jerks, right, uh, right. Greg Henson's right. old exactly. band. What's that? What's that? <laughs> Circle jerks. It was a band. Wild in the streets. It's a lot. We'll we'll cover the music later. Pens. Um, I'm not sure we travel in the same musical circles. But St. Louis. No. What uh, what memories do you have from from playing in St. Louis? Besides, of course, you know, uh, playing them in the, in the playoffs there in 2012. Yeah. Well, uh, the uh, bank shot goal still makes me laugh. Okay. But uh, you know, are you talking specifically about that series? No, no, no. Just any, any. When I say St. Louis, what do you, what, what comes to mind for you? What do you think well, about my first year when I was playing for the Ducks? Let me hold this. Yeah, hold that. Do I need? We're good. We're good. Hold Take two. Um, I was playing for the Ducks, and we actually ended up being there while Jimmy Evans and I think the Cardinals were winning the World Series. So we got to be a part of that World Series victory for them. Oh, really? So it was an interesting night. Yeah, for so, sure. Well, welcome to your first year in the NHL sort of night. A lot of things happened to you in the early part of your career that were pretty exciting for you. Um, now, the World Series is coming up right now. Do you have any, any hot takes here on, on what's going to happen in the World Series? Dennis and I are, are going to duke it out later because we thought it was going to be the Dodgers <laughs> and the Angels, and obviously that's not happening. So any hot takes on this year's World Series? Yeah, I'm going uh, for the Nationals. I have a friend who's a pitcher on the team. So You want to tell us who the friend is? It's uh, Sean Doolittle. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I've known him and his uh, now wife for the last, well, since my years in the L.A., so really? since 2012. Oh, that's fantastic. So. All right, so you're all in on the Nets. Yep. Okay, good deal. Plus, I had a cup of coffee in Washington. You did. Yep. You did, yes. You wore 17 while you were there. We're yeah, going to get to that a little bit later, Pence. Um, <laughs> so after St. Louis, the Kings are going to make a stop over in Minnesota. Uh, DB, you've been there. Do you have a, a Minnesota road trip story at all? No. You know, <laughs> I'll tell you mine. Great. My, look, you know what? Very wide roads there. Okay. <laughs> they have very Thank wide you. roads. It's okay. easy to get around. The traffic isn't bad. People love hockey. It's the state of hockey. Yes. Not been, I, I don't think I've ever been a game to, at the new arena, but uh, great people. Very okay. friendly people. All right. Uh, I'll hit a couple bullet points, Pens, and we'll get to you on Minnesota. I've been there a number of times. I've seen UFC there. Brock Lesnar fought there. Um, I was there for the 2004 World Cup of Hockey. That was amazing. Really? Um, I've also been there for some baseball. I've seen the Dodgers play. I hated the old baseball stadium. They had like a, a, a hefty bag for an, an outfield wall there. It was terrible. Oh, the, in, the, the dome stadium. Yes, it was oh, terrible. terrible. And then yeah. now apparently they have like a... 35,000 yeah, seat baseball stadium, and it yeah. snows there, which is really weird for baseball. <laughs> um, but my favorite story was on a Kings road trip back in, I believe it was 93. Um, we go to practice in the morning or morning skate, whatever it was, and uh, Barry Melrose had called up Rick Knickle from the San Diego Gulls. <laughs> Rick Knickle shows up. Rudy was in a terrible funk at the time, right. and, and Stauber was there, but he called up Knickle, and so Rick Knickle uh, shows up for Kings practice, and he still is wearing his red and black San Diego Gulls gear and that was really my question for you pens is either do you have a great minnesota story but more importantly have you ever been were you ever at practice when all of a sudden just some like random player showed up how do, what's the process how do you guys find out when they call guys up from the american league just tell us about that whole sort of side of things uh, a couple of stories come to mind uh one was in the minors when i was in portland up and down my first year i remember we had just made a trade in the big club in Anaheim with the Rangers, and we happened to be playing their uh, affiliate. I forget who that was, Albany, maybe. Uh, Albany, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Rangers, but anyways. Uh, or Hartford. Hartford. Yep. And the players that were in the deal literally just went from one dressing room, <laughs> cross paths in the hallway, <laughs> put on different jerseys. So that was pretty interesting. That was like, 
Yeah, I guess we're kind of like uh, meat here. <laughs> and then uh, the other one was me getting traded from the Ducks where I put one foot on the ice, thought I was good, I was going to stay in Anaheim, and then I think our trainer goes, uh, uh, Bob Murray wants to see you, and then I started going in my mind, what happened last night? Where was I? <laughs> well, I was going to save this for later in the show, Pens, but I'll just get to it right now. I need you to separate fact for fiction uh, from me. I want to know, is it true that basically the reason that you were traded was that Murray wasn't happy, apparently, allegedly, you didn't sign an autograph the night before for a fan or something. He saw you leaving the arena and you didn't roll your window down. What, what, what's the story? That's out there? Well, I, I don't wow. know if it's officially out there, but it's out there now because I just said right, it. So right, right. Is, what's, what can you tell us about that story? Um, well, from what I heard from reliable sources was <laughs> that he was trying to make a deal for Ryan Kessler. And I forget who was the GM, Gillis. Yeah, okay. Mike Gillis in Vancouver. Yep. Uh, they had a deal set in place where me and Victor Fath was going to Edmonton and a couple other pieces, but he uh, walked back from the deal after Bob blinked first and made the move, so then he came back and said, actually, now that I got you uh, dead to rights, I want a little bit more. And Bob said no. And so I think he scrambled to get Robida. Okay. Was that Stefan Robida. Yeah. Yep. Right, because it really didn't make sense on paper. And especially with the way I was playing, mm-hmm. said they. And then next, Gillis gets fired in the summer, and then Kessler comes. Mm-hmm. So it makes the most sense to me. Okay, I, mean, well, I can't be everywhere at once, but <laughs> okay. So okay. there's nothing. To, there's nothing to this story. Did any? No. Did this happen where he said something to you? Nothing. There's no. I, I had also heard that they didn't like me, like my social media, you know, acumen or whatever you want to call it, okay. presence there, but. But that was, what, five, six years ago. Now you would be embraced. Right. Right. I was a pioneer. Good point. Totally. But, but Pens, you already had it, that social media presence before you went back to Anaheim. So they 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 should have known what they they were getting. They just want to get rid of me, okay? Yeah. Bob, if you're out there. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, can we... All right, so in this world bearing our souls, I have the topper story. Okay. You ready ready for this? Okay. Okay, so this is the 2012 run. And during that season, I was critical of Dustin Penner, right? And his friends let him know. And he knew. And he didn't like me. Right, we won the cup, and after they won the cup, um, Dave Panyota said to Dustin, "Let's do a photo shoot." We went to Dustin's house on Balboa Island. We did some shots with him cooking pancakes or donuts or whatever it was, hot pockets or hot pockets or something like that. It was a great photo, um, and he looked me in the eye. He goes, "You look like a, a Scotch guy." And I'm trying to make amends here because it came in, and I know he was texting you during that time. Like this <laughs> yeah. Bernstein guy shows up, and you know, and I, know I said f that guy. That's basically yeah, exactly. that's what I said. But I looked him in the eye. He says, "You look like a Scotch guy." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, come on, let's drink some Scotch together." You know, mend the fences, whatever. I hate Scotch. I hated it. I was nurs- I was taking little little sips of Scotch. I hated it, but I'm trying to make amends to the guy. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm trying to make amends here, and I'm trying to do the right thing because I did criticize the guy publicly, and now I'm looking at him in your face. And ever since then, it was. It was great. Went up to the rooftop, had a nice time. We left, and it was great after that. But that was, um, so that was, you know, sometimes, and that's the whole thing about social media, and you're dealing with players and personalities and feelings and stuff like that. I was really critical. They should wave the guy and stuff like that, but you know what? I manned up. I went to his home, did a photo shoot, got him some publicity, and ever since then, it's been great and been an admirer of him ever since. And you probably built up a little too much anxiety 
by your own by your own fault because I was actually going through a divorce, so that was the least of my. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You fooled me. It's great. Well, with as critical as you've been of Adrian Kempe, then we should fast forward a couple years from now, and you can expect you'll be going. You like Sweden too, so you you'll be visiting I'll be in Sweden in a few weeks. You'll be visiting like Adrian Kempe. Get a head start. Hmm? How else would you like to drink so you can get a head start? <laughs> <laughs> Help out, young Adrian. Um, DB, did you want to tell us what you like or? I'm a vodka guy. You yeah, you're, he's he's a he likes the drinks. Any drink that you can put an umbrella in. And Re- Red Bull, I see Red Bull. <laughs> yes. oh, I, I work for Red Bull. <laughs> right, you know, right, so the, yeah, Red Bull vodka. They would, you know, in Lower Manhattan over the you weekend. Ever have wine too. I noticed a couple. Of- for you, I would have this. See, he forces me to make. He forces me to take drinks I don't like. That's the, that's what that's what Dustin Penner's uh, one of his of teammates. Wives blame me too. For <laughs> no, I'm not blaming you. It's a, it's a good <laughs> thing. I know. I'm. Ex- the Penner guy. You're expanding my my frame of reference here, Dustin. You're not. You know. You're not. It's not a bad thing. All right. So four games on this road trip. They're going to hit Winnipeg. They're going to hit St. Louis, and uh, we mentioned Minnesota. And then next up is going to be Chicago. My, my main memory. I mean, I, I love Chicago. It's probably my second favorite city in yeah. in the U.S. outside of Boston. Um, of course, LA is number one. But I mean, to visit. Um, I love old Chicago Stadium. It was it was great, but it was also just the craziest place ever with all the pillars and the organ and the new building is phenomenal. But Pens, when I say Chicago, do you think to the 2013 um, Western Conference Final and and maybe what could have been, or do you think about something different? Was that the uh, the shortened season? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That was a tough tough loss. You know, mm-hmm. it could have been the uh, was the, that would have been the, the second cup. Would have been two in a row. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was a tough series. I think uh, Kane scored in overtime. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's a I mean, it, it was a great rivalry. I don't know how it's been since, but both teams have kind of tailed off. Yeah, tailed off would be the right term. <laughs> so when I say Chicago, though, is that yeah, is that mem- the main memory? The anthem, you know, the fans, the uh, city. It's just a really unique place. It's a great place, and I, I always loved watching Michael Jordan. So that's the first time I ever saw him was in Chicago, so there's a lot of fond memories there. Oh, we've never talked basketball. Are you a basketball guy, or it was just like a, it was a Jordan thing? I'm a... I won't go there with what's happened lately, but <laughs> yeah, okay. NBA is okay. Okay, the NBA uh, with China. <laughs> okay, what? With, oh, is it, okay, okay. okay. I move, where you going, Daryl? Move. I, no, Moving I get on. that. I Moving get on. That. Um, a lot of hypocrisy, my okay. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of hey, hypocrisy. Scotch late. We'll talk about. It. <laughs> <laughs> the best. He still has it. Come on. He, he still has, has it. it. There's no question. All right, so that's the road trip. Uh, let's transition into Jersey numerology, and I'm going to throw this at you. Pens, we're going to get into your number as well here uh, in, in just a few minutes, but let me give you some stuff here. Uh, we're going to cover number 25 today for the Kings in honor of Dustin of Penner, of course. So let me, let me show, uh, throw some things at number? I'm sorry? Is someone wearing my number now? That's not what we're going to talk about. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> but the answer is no. No, not yet. No one, no. We're going we're gonna to hit that, though. Uh, 21 times that number has been worn in L.A. Kings franchise history. So the first player was in 1970, so nobody wore it for the first couple years of the franchise. Mm-hmm. But um, Leon Rochefort in, was the first guy to ever wear it in 1970. Coincidentally, he was traded from the Flyers to Los Angeles. Say, former Flyers. That's, that's funny, of course, because there's always a Flyers. Con- yeah. How do you not have a connection to the Flyers, by the way? <laughs> I played with Mike Richards and Jeff Carter. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true, very true. Um, so he was traded uh, from the Flyers to Los Angeles. He ended up winning two Stanley Cups with Montreal. He played in a number of different teams. Now, the last player to wear it 
was actually not Penn's. It was in 2018. It was Brooks-like. He wore it for just a, a handful of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some other infamous uh, players that have worn it. Noah Clark wore it in, uh, in 2007. Interestingly enough, though, that wasn't the number he wore when he broke in. He wore number 39. Mm-hmm. That's important because Noah Clark is the first ever born and raised Southern in Southern California, California kid. Right. He was raised in Laverne, and he yeah. uh, had a cup of coffee with the Kings. John Clem wore the number in 2006. Matt Molson wore it in 2009. Uh, Dave Lewis wore it from 1981 to 1983. He later went on to become the LA Kings assistant Col- coach, coach right. for one year, 2007 and eight. He's a Scotty Bowman disciple, right? And coached has, in Detroit. He yeah. coached Belarus. He's he's yep. a pretty famous um, coach. The guy that I like to talk about most besides Pence would be Jim Thompson. He wore the number in 1992. He actually wore three different numbers over three different seasons with the Kings. He wore 17, 25, and 19. But check this out. This guy played 62 games one year and had 237 penalty minutes. (laughs) Outstanding. And he got into one playoff game in 1993 when the Kings went on that magical run. Uh, He played a total of 115 games in the NHL uh, with six teams. He had four goals. Two of them came in Los Angeles. And here's another one, Pence. Uh, he was an original Mighty Duck. This is he was the taken last 40 the movie? No. <laughs> well, the team. Okay. He, was, uh, he was taken number 44 in the draft. There were only 48 players taken by the original Mighty Ducks. Right. 48 players. He was the 44th player uh, taken by LA. And the Kings also lost another player in that draft, uh, 42nd. And that would have been Lonnie Loach, who also snuck in mm-hmm. on the 93 season with LA. Didn't Eric Belanger win 25? Um, yeah, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. I yeah, it yeah. sounded like this was the. No, I, I wanted to talk a little old school stuff. Yeah, you're right, though. And then Daryl Sador wore the number uh, in uh, 93 to 96. Most remember Sador is 25, but he actually wore number 40 when he scored his first goal in Los Angeles, his rookie season. He wore that for 18 games, scored a goal against the Islanders. And I think the three most famous people, thank you, DB, I think yeah. the three most famous people to ever wear 25 in LA would be Kevin Stevens, just because he was a prominent player. He wasn't here very long. Eric Belanger, of course, um, who had a, a good run with the Kings in the early 2000s, right when they moved to Staples Center. Right. And then, of course, uh, Dustin Penner. And we're going to hear all about Pens and uh, his numbers and all the stuff that he did in the American League uh, all the way through his career. When we come back, this is going to wrap it up for the first period. We'll be back in a minute. All right, we're back for the second period. And Dustin, let's start with your numbers. You wore 25 when you were at Maine. You played one year with the Black Bears, right? Yep. Okay, and you wore 25 then. And when you wore 25 at, at Maine, was was it your choice? Did they give you a choice of a couple of different numbers, or what was the backstory? I think it was, that was the exchange rate between America and Canada. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so it worked out for you. That's great. Um, now, going back further than that, I don't know what number you, you wore prior to that, uh, but... If I remember correctly, we were doing an article one time, I think for like Cal Rubber, one of the, the youth hockey things. And if I remember correctly, you told me that you were cut from a team or didn't make a team. In a few your, of them. A few, yeah, so, yeah. But there was one key story that you, I remember you telling me. Do you, I don't, which, which key story? There's, I don't know. What we you were trying to give time. some inspirational, I, unfortunately I couldn't find the article. It's been a number of years, but you, um, you were trying to give some inspiration to some, some young kids and just talking about, you know, when, when they're, sound like it worked. When they're <laughs> well, I'm not a He's 12, you, you. I'm not He's a 12 you player, but um, just talk about then that just when you were younger, I mean, you went on to win two Stanley cups, but it wasn't like you were the number one yeah, draft pick I'll, and played for, you know, uh, you know, um, I'll, I'll try Memorial cup. Sure. A detective version. Okay. Um, I, you know, I grew up as every small town Canadian boy does playing hockey from starts getting at four years old, playing minor hockey, you know, peewee, 
midget, and you go up, and when you get to around 14 years old, that's when you start getting pulled up to different uh, summer league teams. You know, they start uh, splitting the better players from the players that are just paying to show up, and, hey, I get to be on the team and wear a jersey because my parents paid the mm-hmm. minor hockey fee. Well, I never got pulled up. I was always uh, diminutive in size. Um, then when I turned about 15, 16, I was going to try it for the Winkler Flyers, which was a Tier 2 Junior A program. And I got cut every year from there. And I went in high school from grade 9 through 12. I was 5'6", 120 pounds. And, you know, I was playing high school for the Zodiacs. I was wearing 27. And I had nowhere to play after I graduated high school. So I actually had a cousin. My dad's brother's son was playing in Minot State University, Botno. So Botno was a satellite campus. Population 2,500. The biggest mall was a Pomida, which is a knockoff of Walmart, if you're not from the Midwest. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a knockoff of Walmart, so yep. okay. <laughs> and if, we, if that was fully, go to the Conoco gas station to hang out. <laughs> there you go. What <laughs> so, a night. Yeah. Two-year, uh, like, horticulture landscape school. We didn't have a schedule, but in those two years there, the first year I broke my femur. Uh, next year, I came and led the team in goals, and I played against Preezy, Crosby, whoever, Stafford, that were all at St. Mary's Prep, because we'd just sure. go around, like, panhandling for games. You guys want to play us? Senior men's teams, the boys are winning Border Kings. And then our backup goalie gave me a brochure to a last chance cap, and he, his name was Tristan Dietrich, and his dad, I think, what's his name, Bob Dietrich, maybe? No, that's not it. But his dad played for Chicago Blackhawks. So he had saw something in me, told Tristan, who was our backup goalie, to give me a brochure to the last chance camp in Saskatoon. I went there as a 19-year-old and did really well. I think I had like 17 points in four games, so just a tournament with a bunch of like replacements. Kenny Reeves was there. And uh, it was a joke. He missed it. Kenny Reeves' replacements. You haven't seen the movie? <laughs> yeah. oh. Right over your head. No. It's okay. Anyways, <laughs> so that's when Grant Stanbrook found me. He gave his card to a kid on the team and told me, told the kid to give it to me, and I found him in the lobby, and he goes, either you're a bad student or you played a year of junior A. I said, neither. He goes, well, I'll see you in a month. Then he flew down to see me. I went on my first plane ride with my dad to Maine a month later in August, signed with the team, redshirted my first year, played the next year, went to the national championship game, made the, uh, what are they called, the Frozen Four? Frozen Four? Mm-hmm. And made the all whatever team they called there. Oh. All, all all ECAC team or something no, like that? No, it's this whole thing. All tournament team. Yeah, thank you. Okay. And then signed with the Ducks and played the lockout year in the minors and won my cup, or won my cup, won that cup the first year I played for the Ducks and then had to serve three and a half years in Edmonton, got out on good behavior. <laughs> now, wait, now, hold on. Let's, now, what let's, exactly let's, let's, did you grow? My first year of college. Okay. Okay, so let's 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 go back a little bit there. So in the American League, you played in Cincinnati, though. You played in Cincinnati and Portland. Yeah, who they? Oh, what's that? for the Bengals. Okay. Now in Cincinnati, um, PA Parento was there, and he had twenty five. So you you couldn't wear twenty five. Is that how you ended up then? With, what did I wear then? Um, you wore twenty four your first year in Cincinnati. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay, you can. Yes, yeah, it's a yes. fine. It's a podcast. <laughs> we can edit it out. We won't get banned from no, the no, no, you're fine. No, we'll yeah, go. you were 24 there, and uh, that team you had uh, Brisgoloff was there. You had Jeffrey Lupel. You had uh, um, Joffrey Lupel. Joffrey Lupel. Jeffrey Lupel. He didn't Let's even go. put the O in there. Whatever. Uh, Dan, <laughs> he's, a, he's not Dan, a Ducks guy. Dan Balsma was the assistant coach. I mean, yeah. you, had, you had a lot yeah, of names. It was, it, to, for our first year, looking back, you know, you even had uh, Casey Hankinson, if you know the name. There was another D-man. 
I forget he played in, in the show. Those were our two veterans, and then we just had a bunch of piss and vinegar, 20 to 25-year-olds. We all lived in the same complex in Hyde Park and just painted the town red. Now, yeah. the, the new uh, red stadium had not been opened yet, so you probably didn't get a chance oh, to go. No. <laughs> the first time I ever saw something like this is during a game, the refs blew it down and asked both benches to clear and start doing slow circles to get the fog to lift. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Couldn't see anything. Well, okay. Um, you eventually wore 76 when you made your Ducks debut. I'm sure that that number was just a training camp, a yeah. number that they had assigned to you. I'm and just happy to be here. What number? Yeah, 76. That's <laughs> fine. Okay. And, and you were a big boy at that point, so you could you could round out to 76. How did you eventually get to 17? Uh, what year was it that I wore it? Oh, the uh, Ducks. I, uh, you won the cup. You had you wore 17 for Anaheim, 2007. Know. You don't know? It's you not just... the year I lost my virginity. I know that. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're narrowing things down for you, though. Okay, yeah. so you don't know. So you went from 76, and then eventually they gave you a real number, quote-unquote. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I think after I made the team, they give you a list of the trainer come in and go, this is what's available. I was like, uh, 17, that's not ugly. So <laughs> I was wearing 40 in college at one point in Botno, so I've worn some pretty... Uh, disgusting numbers. I a nice way of putting it. <laughs> if you could pick one number, do you have a number or no? It just you just uh, twenty seven. I wore that in high school. Okay, my favorite player for the local hockey team, the Winkle Flyers, was Jody Wilgosh, and he wore twenty seven. Okay, and then you ended up wearing twenty seven when you were in Edmonton. Yeah. Um, but really, what I want to ask you about in Edmonton, I want to ask you a couple of different things in, instead of just numbers, and we'll get back to your numbers in LA in a second. But I think one of the most fascinating things is the whole offer sheet thing because it's just it's a myth. I mean, Dennis is all every year. Dennis is talking about offer sheets and. Just what, what can you tell us about the whole process and, and how, how does it come to be and what are the agents, you know, what, what role do they play in it? How did that whole thing go down? Um, uh, I'm foggy on my first contract numbers, but I think I was three years, 750 AV, and, uh, you know, I played in the minors, so I think I was 65 there. And then I got an, another interesting thing is they just gave us a 24% haircut before I even got my first paycheck because of the CBA. They changed that in 04. Right. And I had, I think, exceeded people's expectations by being second on the team in goals my first year in Anaheim behind Solani. And so it came up, my contract came up, and all I wanted was, I think, uh, $2 million a year for two years. And they wouldn't come up higher than, I think, 3.2 over two. And Was there any particular reason? Were they comping you to another player? Did well, they yeah, ever I tell you? I had no leverage. Nope. Right? But right, they right, never right. gave you a reason? Like, why 3-2? No. Why not 3-5? Yeah, fair mean? enough. But I'm like, well, the guy you really like, he's the only one that beat me in goals. <laughs> but, can I just get a little bit more? You guys already took twenty four percent for some reason. I was on a couple phone calls. I didn't understand it, <laughs> but um, yeah. And then I caught wind because my agents are from Edmonton, mm-hmm. and I think uh, he must have accidentally bumped into Kevin Lowe at the time. Until a happenstance, and Kevin Lowe had you know money burning a hole in his pocket. That's, that's how it happened. You, you, you wanted to go to any players? <laughs> yeah, let's go. They but met at the Edmonton Mall. Then probably second or goal scorer on the team. Let's go. I had caught wind of it, and you know when it was decided that they were back channeling it, that they were going to give the offer. I had two weeks to decide, right? Which you know perplexed my agents because like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well. My dad's a George W. Bush fan, and apparently we got to go to the White House. So I wasn't, <laughs> you know, but it was just tough to leave a place. I'd, I'd been on such a rocket ship 
Is, that, is, is that a true story though? You, that you, that went into the decision process. You were weighing. Well, it was all these. It was. It, it was one of the factors I've though. Like loved hockey, but I've also. I'm, what I love more, I think most players would say, is the camaraderie. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd, yep. I'd like a, to kind of you know digress. When I was in after I broke my femur my first year in Botno, I went back in the summer. I moved up from my small town place in Winkler to the city in Winnipeg and lived with a buddy, and we would just drink his homemade wine and go to the bar. And one night out in the middle of the summer, I was at the bar, and this couple was staring at me for 30 minutes. And eventually they approached me, and I was a virgin at the time. I was 20 years old. I came from a religious town. And I thought it was going to be a threesome because, of course, what else could it be? <laughs> and so I walked up. <laughs> what the, else? I'm, I'll get there. <laughs> I'm going ra- to bring it around. Okay. okay? It's good. It's good. Keep and, going. And uh, they walked up to me, and it was kind of that three-mile stare they both had going on. And they started with saying, me and my me and my husband are psychics, and we've been watching you for the last hour or 30 minutes, whatever it was. And we want to tell you that not to give up, you're going to reach your goal, yada, yada, yada. I called my mom, woke her up at 2 in the morning and told her the story. I said, I'm just telling you this now because no one else will believe me, but I need you to remember this. And then three years later, I was winning the cup. Wow. Signing a $21 million fucking sorry offer sheet it's okay and so here. that's why right. that, all that goes into like is this my destiny because that, that's in the back of my mind right. for the last you know leaving everything it was such a I, i'm curious what would have happened if i would have turned it down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean because i don't know if the anaheim ducks held on to some regi- residual you know uh contempt for how that went down you tend to think could lean that way if you saw what happened my last year but yes yeah right it was you know, it's kind of prophetic where they brought me into this world, they, they can take me out of it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, just the, look at the difference in the two cities. I mean, one is the Southern California lifestyle. The other one right. is, is Edmonton. I mean, this is not like... That's why I picked Anaheim. I knew I wasn't going to play probably because the lockout was pretty much going to happen. But I had Albany, which is like a low-rank Gotham city. You know, <laughs> no offense, but it's it's dark there. And and I just dreary, you know and then, or you got Cincinnati, where they got great golf courses. You got a balmy weather climate, and you know I had a couple other. I think I had six, seven teams, but New Jersey actually offered me more money, and I picked Anaheim. Really, interesting. So that was kind of the uh, the hook. Yeah. And so again, that that was that was weighing on you when you signed right. that offer sheet. How miserable? Maybe that's the wrong word, but how miserable were you the first year? maybe when you went to Edmonton, and how often did you think, did I make the right decision, and did you feel sort of trapped into something? I don't know if you can quantify that big a negative. Okay. I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I knew what it was going to be just because I had become friends with Joffrey Lupo mm-hmm. and had seen and talked to Prongs. You know, he came this way, Loops went that way to Edmonton, and, you know, I think Loops won the uh, green jacket that year. The green jacket? Minus 29. Okay. I, yeah. You know, the Masters. He's saying yeah. low Got it. It's a gol- golf. Got it. Yeah. This? Yeah. I know this. I'm, I know. I, I'm getting it. Man. I can't believe you shit on me so much. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I had some scotch though. Yeah. Made it up for it. And uh, you know, it, it wasn't as bad as people may have seen. My mom might say differently because it, it was just the things that would happen is my parents would come to visit me, and we go out for dinner, and then we'd be cutting into a steak, and someone walked by you. You effing suck, Penner. I'm like, thanks. These are my parents. Do you want to meet them? You should say thanks. That's yeah. just amazing, uh, though. We got shelled after, we got shelled 10-2 in our home rink against the Blackhawks one year. 
and our own fans for the last three minutes were chanting, we want 10 because it was 9-2, right? And, you know, McTavish had buried me in the press, so, like, he would start me on purpose so they could go, starting a left wing, number 27, Dustin, boo! <laughs> the whole Edmonton Oilers fans would boo me, Penner. And then, anyway, so we get shelled. I go back home after the game. I'm, now I'm going to go, uh, you know, eat my feelings, so I stop at... After I stop at home, change, go to the grocery store and get whatever, and I start putting it through the uh, cash register, through that little conveyor belt. And this girl looks about 14, 15 and keeps scanning and looking up. Scan, look it up. She goes, you're Dustin Penner, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. She goes, I might be the only person in my family that likes you. (laughs) Jesus. Thanks, kid. Thanks. Wow. I'll get another bag of Sour Patch Kids. (laughs) Um. On the plus side, though, Pens, while you were there, Matt Green, Jared Stoll, they were both there. Yeah. And, and and Green told me many, many years ago, and you, you and I talked about this, but but share with the listeners, Green told me you guys just hit it off and became instant friends. Yeah, I bought a house in the same cul-de-sac. Yeah. After living with him in the basement, we just played Guitar Hero and crushed, uh, you know, Natty Lights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember when he broke his ankle, or yeah, he broke his ankle, I remember we'd go out to the bar and we'd be, he'd be on crutches and there'd be fans trying to fight us. It was just, it was the most interesting experience that the friends <laughs> I made there. It essentially brought me to LA because Stoli and Green are vouched for me. Yeah. How would anybody want to fight you or Matt Green though? I mean, Mark Green was on crutches. Okay. Okay. And it was like, handicap match. I don't know if yeah, I want to exactly. fight him on crutches handicap though. Matt match. Green is one of the like, just wacky. Yeah. He's crutches. just angry. And, and it's a different, like my, I brought my friends. I think you met, you know, Eric, mm-hmm. right. So they would come up there and they couldn't believe it. We go to the bar and guys would walk up to us and like, they would just pet my hair, right? Because just trying to get a reaction, right? Wow. Just right, they just want me to take a swing. You just have to sit through like... That's unbelievable. Yeah. It really is. And and their training facilities and everything were just horrid by NHL standards. We've talked to some of the trainers and stuff, and oh they would have candy bars on the plane. I mean, it was out of control. Yeah. With situations like that, I can't ex- you know, convey... There will always be a light at the end of the tunnel, and the stories that I lived there are second to none. I remember <laughs> when guys would get traded, we get so excited because they think they're coming to an NHL franchise. <laughs> but, right? Well, and Wayne Gretzky, right, right. Mark Messier. Right, I mean, right, it's a right. storied franchise. And that all <laughs> died. <like> evaporates. <laughs> the first day you put it, everybody's putting on their equipment to go out for practice, but it smells like manure in there because the fucking bull riders are in town, right? Sort of circus. And then you put your shoes on and you get in your own truck and you're driving down the oh, head wow. day, 35 minutes in traffic and people like honking at you like, where, where are you guys going to practice? <laughs> right? We have to practice. And the rink would be so cold, our toes would be killing us. And McTavish would have the met taking one-timers off our toes. And then we'd have to drive back in our equipment just sweating. <laughs> right? It just, I was like, wow. I didn't even do this in Winkler. <laughs> Give me the best McTavish story. that you. I mean, there has to, it just, it has to be endless with, with that guy. Oh, I wish Greener was here. He's a better memory for this kind of stuff. But, um, I mean, Mac T was always, always on me. I was, you know, the uh, pinata. And uh, I remember he tore a strip off me in front of the team. And said, like, Jesus Christ, you don't have one mean bone in your body, do you, Pens? And I said, well, I have one. <laughs> <laughs> and you, for as mad as he was, you couldn't help but smirk, which are, only made it worse. It's like when my dad was spanking me when I was a kid and I had tucked a little throw pillow in my pants and I started laughing when he was spanking me because it didn't hurt this time. I was like, God dang it. 
Because <laughs> it got it worse the second time, which is exactly what happened with McTavish. I don't know if you remember this or not, but um, at the time I did tell you, it was still to this day my favorite Matt Green story. So if you remember, there was a, a King's Christmas party, and I was going to write a story about some of the costumes and whatnot, and you dressed up as, um, uh, you were like a military guy with a broken wrist or something, and did you remember when you wore that outfit? Okay, I, I, I forgot that one. I remember me and Cargano went as a no trade clause. <laughs> no, that's not this one. one. No, I didn't. I went as Santa Claus, <laughs> and he went... <laughs> <laughs> because that's when Keatley was supposed to come <laughs> okay. to Edmonton. And all the guys were texting us, like, sorry to see you go, Pens. And three hours later, welcome back. <laughs> I'm like, no, I know exactly what we're doing for Halloween. No, this was the year, I think, that uh, uh, Greener went as Randy the Ram from the rest. He was the wrestler. And I think um, uh, Dowdy and okay, Lewis went as the Heart Foundation. Yeah. yeah, okay. So some of the guys are giving me pictures to do in the article and, you know, all the. And I remember asking Matt Green, because you told me how great he looks. I said, yeah. Greener, you know, do, do you have a picture that I. He goes, I don't have any pictures. And I said, well, what do you mean? It's a Halloween party. Like, how do you not have a picture? He goes, Mayor, I was there. Yeah. I, I, and I just look, it's yeah. exactly what he says. He goes, I was there. And he pauses for dramatic effect and then yeah. says, I don't need a picture. <laughs> I said, well, okay. And that's Matt Green for He's you. That's, old that's, school. that's <laughs> I love him for it. No social media. I'm, I mean, I'm surprised no. he has a phone. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> really. He does have a cell phone. When but... I get a text from him, everything stops. I have to sit down and go, okay, is he all right? <laughs> he all Did right? you hear, like, you hear when he dressed up as Tim Selleck? The... Yeah, it's the uh, less popular brother of Tom. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Tim that was Selleck. amazing. And then one team party. Halloween, because we'd always go to like a restaurant and they'd rent it out. This is the last I minute of play Greener in the period. The hour. I'm like, where is he? He said he was going to meet me there. And I went to the bathroom. He dressed up as a bathroom attendant. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you remember at Dodger Stadium? He dressed up as a player and he stayed in the dugout. Yeah, yes. The game is going on. Literally, a Major League Baseball game is going on, and Matt He's Green is standing in the dugout. Yeah. And I, I, he finally left because he started getting nervous. But yeah, he, the game's going on. And he's just in the dugout, dressed like it, you guys were all dressed normal. And he yeah. comes out dressed like a full Dodger glove, yeah. the black eyeliner. I mean, everything. It was amazing. Yeah, Matt oh, Green yeah. is. He, he, there's a second career out there for him if he wants it, I think. <laughs> Matt Green is amazing. Uh, we're going to wrap up our second period, but Penn's, um, uh, before we do, 25, you wore it in Los Angeles. Did they did they know that 25 was your number back from Maine, or how did you end up with 25 in Los Angeles? I think that the currency exchange rate was back to where it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> it had come full circle. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the second period. Dustin Petter are going to stick around for the third period, and we'll wrap up with yeah. uh, some other questions. I might stay for overtime. You know how I like those. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. This is it, the final third period. Although if, if uh, Pens wants to, we'll have to continue on with overtime. We all know what he's capable of doing. But speaking of that, Pens, I want to uh, point out something interesting about some goals in your career. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, your first goal ever in the NHL was against it was against the Coyotes. You scored two goals that game. Of course, so that's interesting because your first goal is against the Coyotes. Your most famous goal is against the Coyotes, obviously, in 2012, the playoff run. Do you know who your last NHL goal was against? Coyotes? No, it, was, it would have been a great guess, though. But no, it was against the LA Kings, which is oh, actually yeah. interesting. It was actually right. against... That was in Washington, right? Uh, yes, in your final year when you were in Washington. Right, that's the next day after that game is when I lost the feeling in my left arm and right leg. True, truly. Yeah, that's why, that's why I didn't... That's why I retired. I broke my neck. 
Okay. I just finished a lawsuit last week. Really? Because it because it misdiagnosed and kept me playing. Really? Yeah. Can you talk about that? No. Yeah, I mean, obviously you can talk. About done, but yeah, that's why. Like, wow. I remember getting a call from Shirelli when I was with the Bruins. She's like, "What happened?" Like, I'm like, "I broke my neck, but I was a unrestricted free agent. No one's like they think it looks exactly what they think it was, but it wasn't. Which was, oh, he got traded. He's pouting. Like I remember, Ochi was a great coach, and they, the trainers were kind of hesitant to let me get a second opinion mm-hmm. on how they are. Like, oh, like, and they said, oh, it's a brachial plexus nerve. I'm like, well, I can't feel the puck, you know, and I can't skate. And they, <laughs> Ozzy's yelling, I'm like, pick up the pass. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> so finally, after, like, getting demoted from playing with Ovi and Backstrom after a couple of games. Right, I, right, I remember opinion. that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, your neck's broken. C5, C6, same injury that Peyton Manning had, except worse. You have the same doctor in, in Marina Del Rey, Dr. Bob Watkins. I'm like, how long is the recovery? He's like, 18 months. I'm like, oh, I don't, I call my CBA. I go, do I ever have to work again? She goes, no, you should be good. I'm like, perfect, <laughs> click. Wow. So I would have come and for my supper. I was already doing that for just for scraps as it was. That wasn't when you tweeted out the, the photos of you in, in having surgery, right? I never had it fixed. Oh, you never had it fixed? No, it's still like I got a big fucking, I, I didn't want to do anything until I knew what this the settlement deal sure. that was over. Right, right, right. I'm also in another lawsuit that's giving me this black mold because they sold me a house that a multi million dollar lawsuit that I'm just finishing up now. So the neck and then the black mold that's in my body, like this, the, the doctors are like, "How are you not dead?" That's what they said to me. I'm like, I don't know. Well, and the DJ days, that, right. you know, that, how yeah, are you not so dead from that? Yeah, but I mean, I. There were, the high point there would have been when uh, you opened up for somebody, right? There was a big oh, show uh, you opened? My friends, uh, they're uh, pretty famous DJs from the UK. But Above and beyond? Yeah, and I opened up for them New Year's Eve on the beach in Newport. And that was it? You uh, went out on top? Yeah, exactly. That was like the Stanley Cup. Retired undefeated. <laughs> EDM? Okay. Right on top. Let's go. Mic drop. Bang. Oh, that's how he does it. That's yeah. that's Penner for you. So those were some interesting goal uh, um, combinations there, Pens. Let's, uh, let's do some word association. You up for that? Okay, I'm gonna. I just say a name, and then you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Dustin Brown. Water bottle backwards. <laughs> Kopitar. Um, Count Dracula. <laughs> Dowdy. <laughs> I, I just I just hear his laugh. I just I can't. Let's uh, digress for just a second. Do you have any comments about the whole Dowdy uh, Kachuk thing? Are you aware of what's going I on am, there? I'm aware of that. Okay, what do you have a take on this? They're just playing hockey, right? Yeah. Like, the media is just looking to start start a fire. Like, where's some kindling? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's try and build this up because they want storylines. Mm-hmm. Like, once the, once you get out of that hockey bubble mm-hmm. and come back out, and you kind of, like, you get sucked out and you go, wow, I didn't do anything but eat, sleep, and drink hockey. Right. What's been going on? Do they still have 8-track players? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, is this real life? Yeah. Exactly. You, and it's kind of like, I understand the... Uh, the, the name tag we get as jocks, right? Like, you know, dumb jocks, whatever. But just we just all we know is hockey. If we can't relate it to hockey or sports, then what do you want to talk about? <laughs> the, I'll tell you, from a personal standpoint, Dennis and I were talking about this rivalry a couple of weeks ago, and I said, I'm just not into it. Like, it just didn't do anything for me. They don't play enough games against each other. It's not King's Ducks. It's not King's Sharks or whatever. But then they go to Calgary, and then Kachuk scores the goal in the final couple of minutes to tie it. Dowdy has the game winner. And then I was like, damn, I'm kind of sucked into this whole thing now. Yeah. And then then the whole dog pile the other night when they're in Los Angeles. Like, I have yeah. to admit, I, I'm, I'm kind of into the rivalry now. I, I, right. I, I watched... 
you know, you watch one hockey video on YouTube and the algorithm just starts force feeding you. Oh, you like hockey? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, and then you watch one it's obscure just, video. I'm like, oh, you like. You know. <laughs> All right, back to word association then. Uh, Jonathan Quick. Uh, Kelly Rudy. Willie Mitchell. Jonathan Tace. Kyle Clifford. <laughs> Pickup truck. <laughs> Jeff Carter <sighs> Sunshine if you've seen Varsity Blues Colin Frazier Pickup truck Wait, Wayne Simmons I ruined I, I think he's When I played for the Oilers It was a shootout where I scored And to beat him Whatever it was just one of those things Okay Daryl Sutter A man full of one liners do you like Daryl? I love him. Did you ever hate him? I was going through a divorce. Okay. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> um, the last Great two. answer. The last two. Ryan Getzloff. Uh, lack of hair. <laughs> and of course, Corey Perry. Prick. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's great. I'm, it was my uh, guy I had uh, run with outside the rink in my rookie year, so... But he plays like when he's one of those guys. Yeah, that's great. Players have that moniker where great to play with, great to play against. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's why he has a long career. Yeah. What, what do you think about him being in Dallas? I hope he does well. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. Um, we're going to touch real quickly, DB. There was yeah. a, a tweet that went out before, uh, right before we were going on tonight. I tweeted out Gabe, great job, Gabe, Gabe yeah. Velarde, which actually is interesting, Pins, because you've had some back issues, and Gabe Velarde's been dogged with these back issues. He was a number one draft pick by the LA Kings. It's been a nightmare to get him to play professional hockey. Just he's, to get on the ice. Just John. to get on the ice. He's yeah, been healthy. And healthy. Yeah, and healthy. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's healthy. Well, and healthy, and maybe, you know, All the right. mental approach to the game, too. He's been know. he's been training. He's been skating for the past month. He's back in Los Angeles now. He's going to skate this week, and the word is that they're going to evaluate him again at the end of the week, and potentially he's going to be practicing with the Ontario Reign. This is great news for the it's LA game, Kings organization. It's a game changer. They, if they can ever get him on the ice to well, add it to the, what they've done in the draft last year, and, you know, it would be, wow. It would accelerate the expectations here. These are always areas I find. I don't know if it's changed much, but... Mm-hmm. Teams te- generally tend to mishandle these situations, okay? Right, because you have a first round draft pick, right? Which um, there's an old saying where first round draft picks have to prove they can't play undrafted free agents have right. to prove they can, right? So you have right. all this pressure. It's not just one guy; it's a bunch of other guys vouching for that guy, knowing what he's talking about by selecting him. And you know, as a, as a young kid, there's nothing worth worth or sorry worse than. Um, Achieving one step in your dream, getting to the NHL, and then having these people doubt you, right? Like, are you really that hurt? Like, come on, get out there, right? Right. And those are those are those questions right confidence. now. Yep, I get it. Right. Yeah, like, you got to really coddle, okay, especially if you don't know what his family's like. If he has, you know, a solid foundation, yeah, that doesn't take much to break that to break that spirit. Mm-hmm. He, what's it like skating on your own though? He's this kid's been skating on his own and training on his own. And is there something to be said for him being in Los Angeles and skating with other players and that camaraderie that you talked about? And the I kids, know, he's a hockey player. He I wants to be around hockey well, players. But for me, that's all I did. Mm-hmm. Right? I'd be out on the door rink skating by myself. The only th- way it can go negative is if you feel like a second class citizen when you get to the rink. Hey, hey, not with the guys that actually are playing. Wait till they get off. You know that type of attitude? Mm-hmm. Right. Like you really need to make them feel part of it because you you can easily fall into the trap of like, 
I know why I'm even here, mm-hmm. right? And I've seen it. I've seen it happen to guys, you know, in different teams that I played for where they just get ridden hard. And I think one of my talents playing was that I was, I was a guy that the coaches could ride because I wouldn't let wouldn't let it bother me. Mm-hmm. Some guys like the joke in Anaheim was, Slani makes a mistake, yelled Penner. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Right. That's great. Uh, Let's let's go back to 2011. So you come to Los Angeles. The Kings end up making the playoffs that year, but Kopitar's hurt. People like to point to that series and say, if Kopitar, you know, everybody talks about the 2012 Cup year, but if 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 Kopitar was uh, uh, healthy, how far could that team have gone? Was I on it? Which, which year? Yeah, was this? 2011. You came. Oh, the San Jose. Yeah, San the San Jose, Jose series. Toronto. I'm sorry. Well, let me refresh won. your memory. Yeah, you I, came I was, from Edmonton. I remember a terrible back check I had there that they scored on. I felt like garbage, but I just that's that's how I remember that year. But I I think I was playing with him a bit, but you, I, you I was, did early on, yeah. That I mean, it was still a blur because I was going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, I was happy to be there, and I I knew what a I think Ryan Smith was on the team. He right? was at the time, and uh, I think the pieces were slowly starting to settle at that point. I don't think we would have went to the finals. Mm-hmm. But I think we might have done something like my first year in Anaheim where we lost to Edmonton in the conference. That mm-hmm. Right, right. Something mm-hmm. achieved. And I think, uh, you know, we were able, if we were able to do that in 2011, I think we would have had a better 2012. Regular season. Right. Yeah. Because I remember, like, I, I brushed up on it actually yesterday. We're going, oh, yeah, Terry Murray. <laughs> yeah, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, Ooh, that, was a, that's... that was a bad day in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Terry Murray. Yeah. Good man. Yeah, yeah. Good no, man. Very I, good Great man. teacher. Yeah. Him, but I just yeah. think that was, you feel awful as a player. Yeah. 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 Um, so sticking, Ryan Smith, it's funny because it's in my notes as well. So 2011, continuing on, after you guys were bounced by San Jose later that summer, two key things happened to the LA Kings. And one would be Mike Richards is acquired. And a few days later, Ryan Smith is shipped back to Edmonton. Let's take them each individually. How did you hear about the Richards trade, him coming to Los Angeles, and what were your thoughts, and were you excited? And just, just tell us about that. Oh, you're assuming I actually play attention to hockey. Okay, I don't know. Maybe you didn't. <laughs> um, Maybe you found out when you came to training camp. <laughs> no, uh, I, I actually, I'm joking, but I remember Richards coming, and I knew that was a great move. I was surprised because to pull – Richards from that team, I think he was the captain, right? Yes, he was. Yep. That time too. That was a great move by Dean, and uh, then Carts, you know, what was it? A later, year? Yeah, six months later. Six yep. months later, like <laughs> that's GM of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So, at least in my mind, because that just locked everybody in as a line, right? Like you just, you know, like the old Fox robots that just say, "Here, that's something." You just had everybody <laughs> placed. Transformers ready. We just like I don't know. Has there been a team like that? I remember think, trying to think while I was watching, like two and all on, on the road in the first series, and then all the way into the Stanley Cup. I don't think it's been done. Right? No, you guys are unbelievable. And and once you guys were able to get past uh, Vancouver, you know, Stoli yeah. had the big goal right. in Game it Five. Just, it, was, it was it was a snowball at that point. Nobody could stop maybe, you guys. Is it like when you know you have a kid and you think oh, I haven't had a kid, but oh, it's the cutest baby in the world because it's yours. But I I still watched that in awe, going like we really did something that. Was quite unique, even for any Stanley Cup run. I still believe, and I, I truly, Dennis. I don't think you and I've talked about this, but I've talked about it with a couple yeah. of other people. I truly believe there hasn't been a team in hockey since 2012 that could have beat that 2012 team. And I'm talking all the Stanley Cup champions since then. I don't think anybody would have beaten the 2012 team. They were that good. It reminds me of Thanos. Run Thanos. Yeah. Destiny will come. You know, like it just right. like it just didn't matter. Like you can. It didn't do whatever matter. Whatever you want. 
throw anvils at us. We're still going to be going 100 miles an hour. Just a complete top to bottom team. They were that's as complete a team as they had with respect to their roster. And like Penn said, everybody had a role. They knew the role. They executed. And they always executed. And yeah, nobody was beating them. What were they? Twenty and four? So sixteen and four? Yeah, sixteen like and four. Remind me of that. If you ever watched TLC, where they drilled the English Channel underneath that. <laughs> Whatever that machine is that just drills through their score, yeah. it just it doesn't stop. No doesn't stop. What. Yeah, you that must be what they're using to build the tunnel from LA to Vegas with that new yeah, Tesla like thing that, that yeah. Elon Musk is working Please on. Please tax me more. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan Smith going back. Yeah. We've joked on this on this show. John's before. favorite. Guy. It's one of my favorite topics because I just I don't understand somebody wanting to leave LA because they don't feel safe and they want to go back to Edmonton. You said that just, uh, allegedly. I believe um, it. Yeah, so, I mean, do you have any thoughts the at all? The mean streets of when, Manhattan yeah, Beach. The, yeah, when you found out that he was leaving the mean streets of Manhattan Beach for, you know, the whatever, up in, up in you know, the comfort of, of Edmonton. I mean, could you believe that? that, that I, I don't remember hearing that, but I believe it. You're a wrestling fan, right? Yes. There are some wrestlers that like to ham it up for the crowd, mm-hmm. right? Play into their strengths, right? Like, it was like you I, when I you, when you I, turned to the dark side I, I, and I, wanted I, to go in well, no, NWO. I watched it from time to time. We're at WCW, mm-hmm. right? Oh, what a shivers down my spine the first time I saw that. But oh, you mean the first time, the first when night he, when, when he turns? Turned that is epic television. Yep, yeah, Whoa. that was Voodoo Child. It was yeah. great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Epic. But with with Ryan Smith, like he was Captain Canada. I'd heard about Captain Canada yeah. when I was in Edmonton, right? Mm-hmm. And just tongue in cheek in the sense because I think he was he loved Canada so much and he played to that strength, right? Everybody knew he loved it. Now whether or not we could actually quantify to a percent how much he loved it or how much he needed to love it. <laughs> keep his job. How you doing, Skinny? <laughs> okay, so he leaves um twenty twelve. All right, so that that all happened. Uh, what about locker room? This will be the last sort of thing on the twenty twelve team. We've often talked about it feels like, or it felt like at the time, when you would go into the Anaheim room, you could feel it was splintered. You would feel you had this sort of Getzloff corner, and you had the young kids, and it just, it never felt when the I way. Was on the team? No, 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 no. I'm just using that as an example. Okay, um, right. But compared to Los Angeles. So Dennis and I go into both locker rooms because we're covering the two teams here more than any other rooms, you know, in, in the league. In LA in the 2012 era, that locker room never felt divided. I mean, it just felt like 20 guys right. all and I think we, together. I think we might have. In the back of my mind, purposely lost those two games against New Jersey just so we could go on the road and play ping pong. <laughs> team, uh, team room. Yeah. So it was like some of my favorite memories of having everybody in that communal hotel room that we get at every hotel, and then the ping pong table would be there, and we'd be having our own ping pong tournaments. So and you took everybody to a comedy show in uh, New Jersey, too. Did I? Yes. Pens, you don't even remember these yeah, stories. I, I got knocked out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, comedy show. It was it seven years ago. When you right? decide to write your book was someday, make sure that I... Smooth? I don't remember. It was so long. It might have been, actually. You know what? You may be Penn's biographer. I, I'm going to have to be I your ghostwriter, Penn. Dustin Penner has told the John... Have, sorry. No. Dustin Penner has told the John Hoven. Yeah, Let's go. But it's, I have... Uh, people tell me stories that are just, like, depressing. Like, I'm like, oh, well, poor sap did that happen? <laughs> like, you. <laughs> Do you remember reimagining? Uh, I'm gonna have to forward you this article. It's been so long, you probably don't. But you did an article on Mayor's Manor where you reimagined the LA Kings as pro wrestlers. You gave really? all of them, yeah, wrestling identities. So you well, know, there might be something to that CT. <laughs> <laughs> there might be. Okay. There might be. Okay. No, no, you're too I'll young send, for that. Come I'll send you go. a link, man. I'll send you a link. We got a big business rolling here. Come on. Yeah. We want to hear. We want to hear all about your business here, Pens. Uh, first, let's get to these poll questions real quick because we yeah. promised the fans they would do this. Right. Question number one: um, We asked the fans this week, "What would you rather?" have 
this season. Not what do they think is going to happen, but what do they? What would they choose if they could qualify for the 2020 playoffs or a top five pick in the 2020 draft? 70% of the fans said they wanted to go with a top five pick in the draft. So they're basically saying that they don't want the Kings to make the playoffs this year. It sounds like the people are starting to buy in a little bit to the rebuild in L.A. DB, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I you, was shocked by the numbers. Shocked what way? You used to, I thought more people would pick the playoffs just no. because, um, well, if you follow along on Twitter, Dennis, people still think the L.A. Kings <laughs> are a playoff team. So No, I just oh, look at the... I just look at their defense, and I just—it's just—it's not going to happen. If Drew missed extended amount of time, and who's your best defense? I said this on Winnipeg Radio today: Ben Hutton, Alec Martinez. It, it just—it's not enough there, and that's not the goal. The goal is to move some guys out, as we've talked about ad nauseum. Bring some younger players up, and then just develop them for the next two—you know, next two three seasons. So, uh, I would, I would certainly vote. Like if you get, look, the Gabe Velarde news. If you add him to another high pick with Alex Turcotte and the other guys they picked this year, they they can really have a making of a contending team in a couple seasons. Pens, when we talk to players now, you know, we're getting more PC answers, but, you know, now that you're retired, what's it yeah. like to play on a team when you know you're not going to make the playoffs? <sighs> and it's it's game six. It's game eight. Was, was, oh, Edmonton every every day there. <laughs> every day in Edmonton. Yeah. The best part was Joey Moss. It's the only guy smiling at the rink. We were just depressed. The sun wasn't coming up or going down or, I mean, coming up and was always down. Um, it really, like, the funny part about Edmonton, too, is we had, like, 11 first-round picks and, like, six or seven, like, first overall. Like, anybody over six feet want to get? No? Okay. <laughs> right. Like, and then and then I'm having meetings with Kevin Lowe, he, and he's telling me over lunch, like, we think you're like Bob Probert. I'm like, why did you pay me before you actually thought, found out what kind of player I was? Like when I was already there, he's like, "We see you as a Bob Probert." Type Bob player. Probert. They see you right. as Bob Probert. Yes. I have, have they ever watched you right. play a game? Right. I was like, "Well, <laughs> checks come every two weeks, right?" <laughs> uh, do you remember sending me the picture of Joey Moss wearing the Penermania shirt? Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. You do because yes, Joey was your boy. You loved Joey. Oh yeah. Uh, question number two on the on the uh, the poll of Palooza this week was, "What would you rather have happen with you uh, UFA to be?" Tyler Toffoli, and I only gave two options, trying to make it simple. Trade for picks and prospects or re-sign him to a five-year deal. 82% of the people said trade him for picks or prospects. Okay, that's where I disagree with the fans. Okay. You do. Tell us about that. Why? He's a 27-year-old player who has underachieved the last two years. <laughs> but you could fill up a, a lake with how many players have underachieved in the last two years, right? <laughs> it's not, we're not, you know, splitting the atom here, nothing new. But I watched uh, a couple games, like just the highlight package okay. on YouTube. Um, make some new videos. I'm running out of things to watch. Retirement <laughs> sucks. Um, but uh, you know the whole games are like three hours. You can watch a whole game that would yeah, take up a lot more time. I can't listen to Foxy that long. Okay. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you know Rack Jim Fox. Jim Fox. That's that's the promo. <laughs> Jim Fox was our guest a couple episodes ago. But tell us about. Tell us why you disagree with the fans. Tyler Toffoli should be signed to a five year deal then. Right. The only concern I could see is what the numbers are based on how it played, but that's. Like with anybody, right? You have a lot of moving pieces. But when I watch the goals he scores and the moves he makes, he makes uh, unique, you know, talented moves that not everybody can do. You know, in tight, quick shot up top. You know, he can he can score those goals like a like a cart, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. that you just go, yeah, that's what natural goal score, right? Mm-hmm. You don't give that away. That's, they don't grow on trees. Mm-hmm. And I, from the guys that I see on the team, like Kopitar, Brown, Kovalchuk, they're getting older. Like yes. There's going to be that, you know, chaining of the guard, Brownie down to Kopey. Kopey's going to hand it off at some point, right? 
who do you got other than Toffoli? Right? Kempe can move on. He can, you know, carry the puck, I think, if I think the right guy. Who's the other guy that kind of sounds like Kempe? Black hair. Or is it? Uh, but be, I mean, that's the only other top six forward. If you're talking about Alex Ayafalo, but it doesn't yeah, sound like Ayafalo, she, I thought he could skate. He can skate, but he can't. He's, he's a 15-goal scorer. Yeah, if you're looking he's for not, a goal scorer, he's not Tyler Toffoli yeah. okay, So, yeah, yeah, so like, like, what are you doing? Like, you can't get rid of him. That bird in hand is worth two in the bush. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you disagree with the fans. All right, so there you go. Um, question number three. I agree th- with him on the first poll. The first one. Okay. Question number three was, um, what would you rather see Jared Anderson Dolan do for the balance of the season? He's the projected NHL third-line center. Um, he's he's the captain guy. He's like a leadership guy. Anderson? Jarrett Anderson Dolan. Okay. Yeah, and by the way, Stoli's been working with him, taking face-offs. He, he's kind of taking him under his wing. So what would you rather see this year from, from Anderson Dolan? Would you rather see him play top six minutes in the American League or would you rather see him play bottom nine minutes in the NHL and get his feet wet? 76% of the fans said that they would rather see him play top six minutes in the American League. No. Is he, this is his first year? Uh, he's a first-year pro. First-year first pro. First-year pro. Yeah. I'm going to fight you on that one, but go ahead. You start. I... Two words. Adrian Kempe. I, I want Anderson Dolan up here playing third line center. Because well, right now he wouldn't play third line center. He'd probably play fourth line center because you have Amadio playing third line center. Yeah. But well, still you want him as a bottom nine. I want him forward. now. It's now. time. Let's go. It's, okay. it's just nothing you know what? Well, how's the farm team? Far- loaded. Loaded. This year. Loaded. Because they had a bunch of guys that turned pro this year. So they're loaded, but with a yeah. bunch of first year pros. They're strong on defense and Anderson Dolan and Kapari would be he came from Spokane, the WHL. WHL. And was he on a good team there? He was. Memorial a Cup decent team, no, not a Memorial I, Cup team. No, no, no. I can't, I can't, uh, you know, put a price on being able to play with that, such an NHL team in Cincinnati, the lockout year, mm-hmm. playing with those guys, and then having the year I had in uh, in Portland, mm-hmm. where I just said, I'm done here. I was playing with a dip in my mouth in the third period. <laughs> 39 goals and 84 points in 50-some games. Like, it was... But that, I think, allowed me to become a second-on-the-team goal scorer behind Slani, right? Mm-hmm. If, yeah. if you don't have a coaching staff that is going to allow you to have your growing pains as a ninth you know, or third-line right. center up near, you could risk hurting his confidence, and then you throw him away in, in a trade, you know, as a, you know, whatever, an added bonus right. to sweeten the pot, and then you lose a prospect that way. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough decision. Fantastic coach in Ontario, by the way. He's getting great coaching there with Mike Stuthers. So um, I would actually agree with that. I think he needs to spend a year in the American League. I think there's nothing wrong with it for first-year players. If they're not going to make the playoffs and people don't want, like... But they have the right coach up here. They do. To, to, to teach him. Love and, Todd McClung. And get him wet and get him... Let him through... You know what? Baptism of fire. Let him... Get him through a seven-game losing streak and go on the road and not scoring and, and deal with all those frustrations. He's he's a mature enough individual too because of his background to yes. handle this stuff. It's not like he's some fresh-faced kid from overseas who... Yes. Yeah, I mean, so, so I think his mental makeup... I would give him a shot, and I would scratch out a veteran and put him in the lineup some nights, and 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 just spell him. Not not play every single night, and not wear him out, but give give him forty five games here. We're still in October, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're already talking about yeah calling it a, calling the season. He's gonna be up at some point. I, I was just I'm saying the fans are saying like just shoot for you know top five draft pick ten games in. Well, the the, the team <laughs> is not the, after the team the is not ready. Loss in Vancouver. Yeah. The, the, you talk about an emotional roller coaster, pens. When this team wins, I just get blasted with tweets about how they're going to blow everybody away. This is 2012 all over again. They're the eighth seed, and they're going to roll in the playoffs. And then when they lose, it's people are suicidal. Like, it's crazy. Do you know why you get those? I figured it out because I was oh, on, on radio. Please three. let me know. Yeah. Be- what? 
Yeah. Yeah. That was fantastic. You know why that is, John? Because of the way they win. When they come out, like, they have played, except for one period, their first periods have been fantastic. Yes. I think their shot differential is plus 50 in the first period. So they come out aggressive. They come, and something that fans have never seen. And when it rolls over to wins, yeah. and they think they can replicate that enough, but they can't when they go up against Vancouver that one night or or Vegas that one night. That's why there's the hills and valleys. Because when they win, John, that was a really impressive win on Saturday night. It was. was and an here's the thing. Team. If they could yeah. play like that on a consistent Bottle basis, back. they would make the playoffs. I just don't think I, that, I they, that they, they can play like that I consistently. And they, when you compare the that they have now versus you know the one that they won with twenty twelve and twenty fourteen, not, not even comparable. Not even in. It's interesting that you mentioned the decor because question number four was who would you rather play as Dowdy's defensive partner for the balance of the season? Alec Martinez, Ben Hutton, Tobias Bjornfoot, who this was their first round pick last year, or Derek Forbort, assuming that he's healthy. Eleven percent of the people said Alec Martinez, which I agree with you. He's the only good other defenseman they have, so you need to spread him out and put him on the second pairing. Uh, ben Hutton, Dennis's boy, thirty nine percent. Bjornfoot, thirty percent. They don't like Bjornfoot going to the American League apparently. And Forbort surprisingly received twenty one percent of the um, votes. So those guys who's got the biggest upside. Not Mart- excluding Martinez. Bjornfoot. Yeah. Bjornfoot has the biggest upside. He's an 18-year-old kid, fresh over from Sweden, and this is his first professional year in North America. Yeah, give him give him a chance. Give him 8-10 games up there. But otherwise, if you guys are going to sell the farm anyways, I would put Martinez up with Dowdy and raise his stock. Martinez? Right. If you're gonna, if you're there are questions about whether they would they would trade Martinez this year. And it's actually funny because one of the comments was about Ben Hutton was, hey, nobody signed the guy, so we're not sure what his trade value would be. Yeah. But what about playing Ben Hutton with Drew Doughty and then possibly being able to flip him at the deadline? That's my guy. I, I, look, Ben Hutton's going to play 20 minutes a night, and he's not going to embarrass himself. Some nights are going to be tough nights. Other nights will be solid nights. He's a sturdy defenseman on a really good yeah, team. He's do, a third-pair guy. And then... Well, well, if you do... <laughs> well, if you do well, if you embarrass yourself, then you know you have to make amends. Then you have some scotch. But at, John, I think that that's the thing is that Ben is a steady guy, and I thought he was always a steady guy. That's why I thought it was a great signing for them. Um, if, if there's going to be scouts watching this team, the trade for Ben Hunton, they're going to get a mid-level. They're going to get a conditional mid-level pick for the guy, mm-hmm. right? Mid-round pick for the guy, and that's that's a win for them. Or you resign him on a bit, on a cheap deal. And your other defensemen come up next year, and maybe Ben's on the third pair. If he's on your third pair, it's not a bad defensive team. All right, so I want to talk about Penn stuff. Let's get to question five, and then it's all about Penn's to wrap things up here. Yep. Um, question five was, if you were the coach, how would you set up the goaltending plan for the balance of the season? There were three options available. Quickie starts 70% of the games, Jack Campbell 30%, or flip it, Campbell starts 70%, Quickie starts 30%. Or it's a 50-50 tandem with Quick in 50% of the games and Campbell in 50% of the games. And that was the one that was preferred by the fans. 69% said split the net between Quick and Campbell. And uh, the other two options where it was the 70-30 one way or the other, both received about 15% of the votes. So it was decidedly in favor of splitting between Quick and Campbell. You played with Jonathan Quick. You're shaking your head. And, and yeah, so... It just uh, speaks to the, the uh, you know, how quickly they forget. Mm-hmm. How many years he's got left, Quickie? Three years. Three years left, making what? Six, seven, eight? Uh, well, is it three eight, after this season? Yeah, his eight, three after this season. His AAV is close to six million, but his actual cash money owed goes to three, five, three, and two, five. Okay. So you can get him for almost but 50 cents on the dollar. Right, but he's worth more than that. I would agree with you. I, I saw him make saves just like he was in 2012, 2014, the other night when I was watching. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't. You better hope 
you better hope he's as good as Quickie because you don't want him to be John Gibson, right? Because John Gibby's good, but you know it, you had a you had a bird in the hand, so to speak, with the goalies that were there, and you you give up on guys, you know, to go like, well, he does make really flashy glove saves. I do like watching that. <laughs> Jonathan Quick, the other night. I think was vintage Jonathan Quick. I think that Quick and Dowdy were the two best players on the ice the other night. Uh, Dowdy controlled the game, and I thought that Jonathan Quick just looked phenomenal. If he can look like the, I, the timing of these questions are interesting because if I would have asked a week ago, no, they would have said ninety percent of the games <laughs> go to Jack See, Campbell. I would do seventy Campbell, thirty Quick, and I would pick my spots with Quick on games that are winnable to m- impress the scouts. Yeah, you know, I would play him against the lesser teams. Right, that one as strong offensively, you know, in Arizona, a team like that to improve his goals against, improve his his safe percentage. I would pick my spot for John because I think still the goal is to have a move on. And I know that we've talked about this since probably in the off season, but I would pick my spots to make him look good in front of scouts and prepare for a trade. Why is that the goal? Pens- yeah, the you guys have heard of Mark Andre Fleury, right? Yes. Right. The goal like that that's what you could face looking down the road, right? Like. You want to see him go to a better-looking girl, you know. Like. I do believe, that, and I said this on the uh, one of our episodes recently. I said I think Jonathan Quick wins another Stanley Cup. I just don't think it's in Los Angeles. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe it's the end of the tape or end of the line, a la Patrick Waugh, right? Yeah, uh, but that might be. But I mean, Mark Andre Fleury. I'm I'm happy for him. I don't know the guy, but to get cast aside like that, after yeah, winning three cups and Olympic golds, like. You guys can lose one over there on the management side for once. Yeah, I would. De- I would. I, I would rather see Jonathan Quick if he's going to leave the Kings, move on in a trade rather than see him exposed like Flurry was right. in the expansion draft to Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. yeah, I mean that'd be you know just crazy to think. You can't. I can't. Th- it's like thinking about Jeff Carter going on waivers. It's it, even if it's the right move, it sounds really crazy. Like um, I, I'm. I'm. To look at. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. <laughs> That is not true. Oh, you're blushing. Uh, no, Pens, it's the <laughs> light. <always> right. <laughs> it's the light. All right, let, Pens, you have brought us a, a bevy of gifts here. What's going on? You have this new wine company. It, it's, it's, what, a, what, it's a brand. It's, okay, it's uh, a brand. I brought you different types of wine here, but it's going to be beer, spirits. Uh, this idea you know, was on a napkin nine months ago, and I was involved with some other friends of mine who we form a group of investors and an idea came across the table that, you know, maybe we can copyright and trademark the word weed, which we did. And we own the word weed in 76 different countries. So, you know, we followed the same pattern that Coca-Cola did. So back backpacks, cell phone cases, anything, gum, everything. So then we just slapped it on bottles, and it's never been done before. You know, Casamigos does a tequila and a Blanco and a Añejo, whatever. But we got tequila, vodka, rum, whiskey, scotch, wine. We got the uh, five $18 bottles there that will be in your Costco Target. And then we got uh, Stag's Leap from uh, a private reserve in Napa that's going to be in Mastro's. And then we got... All under the weed brand. Yep. Yet there's no marijuana None. In, in this at all Brilliant. whatsoever. For me, walking into a place like a a liquor store or a winery on my way to go to somebody's dinner that I shouldn't have said yes to, but I can't back out of <laughs> and go, I have to bring wine. You walk into those places, you're like, okay, let's look at the $30 bottles, yeah. right? You see this, $18, weed, huh? Weed. It, it actually tastes good. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I mean, and this thing is much bigger than what I thought. You texted me a picture a couple months ago about a storefront out in front of a storefront that I you have. What's that? Yeah, and, and, and I thought it was just like a boutique thing. And no, this is like a global deal. You guys are just blowing up here. Yeah, we've, people in the know have said we've caught a tiger by the tail, which is holding another tiger by its tail. Wow. So. You want to throw out some figures of what you've sold? Uh, we can't, we've. Did three million cans and I haven't even held one in my hand yet. They're buying it over the phone, the distributors. Unbelievable. The guys who have been doing that we hired who have been in, in the business world for forty years. Yep. They've never seen it. People are calling us like every day, like, Who's this? How much you you want to send us money to invest? Like it's it's one of those things. It's like a Stanley Cup is what I can you know That's fantastic. For for the guys that have been doing this thirty five. Like they're bullying distributors. Like, you better call us back or we're going with so-and-so. So what do you do? Are you the face? Are you the, the arm candy of this? Or what are you? What do you um, do? What, no, what, what, what I'm do you an do investor and founders, whatever. One of the founders, investors. They gave me a nice title on a business card. It says, uh, what does it say? <laughs> <laughs> District manager, I think. District manager, that's <laughs> great. Managing dictator, I What's what's the next step from here? Where does it go? I mean, it just continues to yeah. grow. What do you do next? We're gonna source it more spots to open up a storefront like here in Miami, Vegas, New York, overseas. Um, you know, we haven't even, like I said, got the beer yet, but we've sold three million cans of it, and we haven't gotten to spirits yet, which we're planning to do with the ones I named. And then hopefully Budweiser, if you're listening, you know. So if why, I, why not? The fans are listening right now. Pens, people love you. They love everything that you do. If they want to know more about this, where do they go? Weedsellers.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter. Um, then you can also go to our storefront, and uh, we have uh, Chevening. I can't even say the one Chevening Blanc or whatever. Then we have Chardonnay. Uh, Sauvignon in the Blanc. store. Yeah, it was Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Cabernet Sauvignon, Rosé. And uh, we got, you know, we're going to have a beer that has American flag wraps around it, like an actual, like, label. It's called Born American. And we have the guy, I think it's Colt Ford and Brody, who are country singers that are doing the song for Top Gun next summer. And we're going to work that in with them. Wow. The beer is just. So if, I, if, if people want to come to the store, it's open seven days a week or it's only yeah, open? I got keys. <laughs> so just hit you up on yeah, Twitter, Twitter make an appointment go meet so go cool. meet Dennis Pe- make it uh, worth my while go meet Dustin Penner um, they'll probably bring a bunch of stuff they'll want you to sign though too but you'll let you have the keys you'll let them in and yeah. they can they can buy some stuff yeah. and and for like 20 bucks they can get a bottle of wine yeah and what about well less we're, we're trying to undercut the competition okay uh, and you mentioned uh, Jim Fox earlier Foxy um, produces wine have you talked to him at all about wine oh I'm sorry Foxy no <laughs> he's He's in one or two restaurants. He's is in a he? few. In, is yeah. in a few in the South I Bay. I want to compete yes. against him. I like the guy. Okay, but okay. that's good. I we'll have to we'll have to trade bottles because he does strike me as a with that you know well manicured hair. Yes, you have, you have to be into wine. I think. <laughs> oh, the the bottles are phenomenal. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes for for his wine, and then so you can get cans as well. Yeah, it's it's what I love about that is you know for poolside beaches you know in Vegas right you can't have glass. Mm-hmm. Does it, I don't even know because I don't drink wine. Does anybody else make wine in a can? I've seen you know, a couple. But it is. It's rather new. Okay, so so it's it's there's not you don't have as many competitors in the canned right. wine market. Interesting. All right. So what's 
next well, there's, is there's hats. We have hats and you know other a bunch apparel. of merch, yeah. which we appreciate you bringing. You want us to give some of these hats away to some of the? Well, you don't want any of this? No, no, no. I, I no, already I, pulled, I already pulled mine aside, Dennis. Right. I want my. If you have one, if you, American you flag. Have, <laughs> come on. No, I, I don't need seventeen That's, hats. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if you want, yeah, I know we had too many, so I just brought. One. Okay, so so we can <laughs> <laughs> we can give some away. People can be on the cutting edge, and they can um they can get some Dustin Pinner um weed sellers. C E L L A R S. I'm double parked. Okay, well then we're gonna we'll wrap this up, Pens. It's, up. it's, it's up. been a great hour. Uh, it's it's been fantastic, Pens. Thank you for doing yeah, some um, homework amazing. and and actually studying up on 2012 so that you were prepared I to know, talk. I actually did on purpose. I can't sound like an idiot. I was on the team. <laughs> Pens, you're phenomenal. Always appreciate your time. Thank you so much, DB. Any parting thoughts this week? No, that just wraps uh, episode eight uh, of uh, the Kings of the Podcast, Jay. Well, any other uh, parting words? That's about it, folks. We will see you for episode nine. I'm not sure how we're going to top this. Dustin Penner, it's been fantastic. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Talk Kings Go. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where Open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible.